Phantom Double Day Dell Audio Publishing presents Star Wars. Well, this is it. As we uh, as we record this show, we are officially one week away from The Force Awakens, and it seems like for me. Uh, it was so long ago that we saw our first trailer, even though it was just a little bit over a year ago, and I, I'm kind of like, it's weird coming to terms with what's what actually is going to happen next week, that we are going to go into a movie theater and see a new Star Wars movie. So, if you are uh, late to the party, this is the first of three special podcasts we'll be doing on Woodward's uh, to celebrate The Force Awakens. We're doing two before to uh, discuss our, our thoughts about what might happen, and then we'll do one after, after we see the movie. If you missed the first one, um, I brought along my friend Alexander, who's here to join us again. Alexander, are you, uh, you well-rested after the last podcast we did? Yes, I am. Of course, you can't really say my anticipation has gone down anymore for the next movie. It's now a week away. I'm, like, super stoked. <laughs> I, I don't imagine that we, you know, out of two hours of podcasting, I don't think we ran out of things uh, to Star Wars. I, I don't think we ran out of no, things to say about me Star too. Wars, right? No, definitely not. Especially since we haven't even dipped into The Force Awakens. So if you missed it, and you can go out there and download it, we did a first podcast where Alexander and I kind of shared our histories and, and how we, uh, we came to be uh, Star Wars fans. And uh, we talked about the original trilogy first, then the prequel trilogy, and then we talked about the TV shows, uh, the one that was George Lucas-driven called The Clone Wars, and the one that's Disney-driven called uh, Star Wars Rebels that actually just wrapped up its uh, its uh, season, well, it's, it's half-season finale yesterday. Did you get to watch that episode yet, Alexander? Yeah, I did get to watch it. I did get to watch it. It was uh, it was kind of nice. It was kind of interesting. It was a more moving, emotional episode. But yeah. I mean, because these are smaller characters we're dealing with, it wasn't like something that was supposed to be like earth shattering, which is nice. It reminds you every once in a while. Not everyone is super important, like right. you know, the Skywalkers, but they can have their own very personal stories that have their own conclusions, like like as what Ezra found out. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been really happy with the uh, the first half of the season. It's been a a, a good way to lead us into the Force Awakens uh, next week to give us a little bit, a little bit of Star Wars each week on the television. Um, also, just a little background here for anyone who hasn't listened to the first episode: Alexander and I met um, on the internet playing Star Wars games. So uh, we are full-fledged Star Wars nerds. Or do you do you prefer geek? Is that a better term, or is it nerd? Uh, I've pretty, I think I've gone more most of the time by nerd than geek, if we're going to get technical about it. Yeah, I know some people get nerd. They think it's a little derogatory. I, I personally love it and, and embody it uh, proudly. But Yeah. Um, we also have a friend, Andrew, who, again, can't, he can't join us today, but I'll interject some of his thoughts that he's sent to me throughout this conversation. Now, uh, what we want to do in this episode is uh, talk about The Force Awakens, talk about um, what we're uh, excited about, uh, what we're worried about, what we will predict will happen, and uh, just kind of sum up all the emotions that we're feeling. And I, I think a good way to begin this is really to just start with um, what Star Wars fans know as the expanded universe, which really since 1991, when the when Timothy Zahn's book Heir to the Empire uh, was released, kind of jump-started a second level canon like there's George Lucas canon and then there was the expanded universe and these are the, the books the comics the stories uh, the video games too that that explain to us what happened after Return of the Jedi and before 
Phantom Menace and in between too. Um, they the expanded universe was kind of always not really canon, but it was all we had to explain, you know, what happened after Return of the Jedi. And when and when Disney bought Lucasfilm and they said they were going to make Episode Seven, pretty immediately, right? They they said, you know, the EU expanded universe, not European Union. The EU uh, doesn't really exist anymore. That's kind of what happened pretty quickly, right? Yeah, it was kind of just like you know they just kind of said, well. It's not really considered as official story anymore. So uh, going forward, it will be. But all the other stuff is just now legends, as in it's kind of apocryphal. Right. It's just kind of you know you can believe it if you want, but it's not really what the official sources is saying. So and, what, what? Yeah. So what this means is, first of all, there's a whole slew of fans that are, are pissed about this because for years this was their reality of post Return of the Jedi Star Wars, and the other reality here is that. The other aspect of this is that when we see this movie next set, uh, next Thursday and when we see episodes 8 and 9 and all the other movies that might come after Return of the Jedi, we're always going to compare it to what we knew as the expanded universe. Now, this is, you know, there were characters that existed that people got to know. There's the Jason and Jaina and Anakin Solo, the, the, the Solo uh, children. Uh, there's Mara Jade, who is Luke Skywalker's lady. Um, you know, there is, t- uh, there is, um, uh, well, there's a million things here. I mean, I don't even know where to start. The, the biggest one is Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is like kind of the main bad guy in the first series of Timothy Zahn novels. Um, and all that's kind of gone the wayside. So Alexander, my, my, my question to you first is, were you a big fan of the EU? Uh, the EU growing up actually was not something I really even, I don't know, really ca- gave a lot of attention to, which is kind of surprising considering now I am kind of, I became a big EU fan. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned that there were, you know, lots of media forms that the EU took. And of course, the primary one was the books, which with with Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this came out back when I was an infant, pretty much. Or at least it got started when I was an infant. And yeah. by the time I was of reading age, my parents pretty much had me hooked on a whole lot of other stuff. So when I discovered there was this world of Star Wars books, which by the late 90s when my Star Wars fandom kicked in was a pretty extensive library. I just, I don't know, I just looked at them and I just didn't feel I was too impressed. I think I had a couple that I came through secondhand because my parents didn't want to buy me Star Wars books. They thought uh, I was better off buying real books, which were real <laughs> Oh, books. come on. They were strongly of the opinion that the both novels were clearly cash-ins and you know just made for the money, yeah. which is unfortunate. I can, but I can kind of see now where they were coming from with that. Uh, yeah. But I managed to score a couple of novels just from thrift stores or just idle things. My parents felt like, well, I can't harm them to have a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those couple actually was one part of the Han Solo trilogy, um, not the one from the 70s and 80s. I'm talking about the one where like they destroy Centerpoint Station, I believe it's called. Uh, showdown at center point and uh the second book was a hardback called the new rebellion and uh frankly i started trying to read those books because of course the star wars title hooked me but i really just couldn't find compel myself to keep reading it It was very weird seeing you know the characters i knew and loved in text form for one and second of all the stories just seem really like bizarre yeah Um, the showdown at center point was about everyone trying to take down this giant battle station that was apparently bigger than the Death Star 
and it was way older. It was like some ancient relic of the pre-Republic days. Mm-hmm. And the New Rebellion, oh, the less said of that, the better, because I actually did end up reading, forcing my way through all of that later. But it primarily concerns uh, some really pissed off emo kind of former student of Luke's starting his own little like insurrection against the New Republic, and he uses a lot of you know suicide bomb strap droids. And one very other whiny, pissed-off former Luke Skywalker apprentice, the Exactus Revenge, and it's just, it's just kind of a joke, really. It, you, there's so many very poor references made in the book that kind of tie it to like the th- events of the films. And even though the book itself takes place, you know, like probably a decade after the events of Return of the Jedi, right. and it just, it just was it was a joke, really. And I was like, this is it. But I'm, so I kind of wrote off the EU uh, as far as books were concerned, and. The, Comic books too just kind of were off my radar. It was really the games that kind of you know was the was the anchor that would keep me at least you know aware of it until you know I got much older. Yeah, I'll agree. First of all, that um, I, I would say that I mean I've read a lot of Star Wars books, like easily thirty to fifty. I don't know where it is. I mean, it's a lot. Even, even to this day, it's still probably more than me. <laughs> so I'll say that like a good. 10 to 20 percent of those are like really good books (laughs) i mean a lot of them are just i don't know it's not the eu always was just weird to me like you say i think part of it too is that so much of the eu took a fantasy series and just made it straight up science fiction because you know it got into even now even heir to the jedi series which i love i love all the timothy zahn stuff actually outbound flight which is his prequel era book is one of my favorite books ever but yeah that one have you you have read that one? No, I remember that. Oh one. yeah, it's I mean it's it was great. advertised a lot because everyone said oh it's like kind of like the prequel to uh you know the you know all to the like, Thrawn yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, would... yeah, it is. It's really cool actually how it all ties in. But um even the even the Thrawn trilogy, I mean, to me always just seemed like okay, this isn't the it's not epic. Like it's just what happened after, and it all seemed realistic and like oh yeah, all this would happen after Return of the Jedi nine years after or whatever. But it just always fell flat. Like, it didn't have the mythos to it, really. And then when they tried to be too mythological and, like, you know, try to have the weight of the original Star Wars movies, it always just felt, I don't know, cheesy and crazy and, like, uh, you know, like you were saying, just It's it's a tall order, too, because you're trying to take something that was clear, a story that was clearly designed for film, you know, to be cinematic, to be seen and trying to say, well, now you got to just read it and you got to appreciate it on this purely mental level absolutely I mean, yeah i mean all you've got even i mean even if, if imagine if someone hadn't read seen any of the films or only had a partially seen try to read those books it'd be just it'd be like a nightmare like what you'd be trying to make up all these things in your head and following along and references would be thrown at you and be like oh and you'd just be lost if not downright confused right and kind of upset <laughs> um it's interesting because you mentioned the video games and i'm the same way actually like the video game eu really got me to like want to read the books and stuff i mean especially like we talked about we met on on jedi academy which is the dark forces series of games which is based on kyle katarn who um you know that story his story was really interesting actually you know yeah, Rogue- his fabulous arc yeah, yeah oh story right and what's interesting now is i mean that's see that bothers me because that's a story that i loved and it no longer exists and like specifically you know i don't know if you played the original dark forces did you ever I never got to play the original. It was like a, my parents thought it was kind of like a shooter game. Yeah, well, it was. Because yeah. it was. And they yeah. knew it was like a, just a, like a Doom kind of like thing, but with Star Wars themes. Yeah. So they never 
let me get that. But I was able to track down its sequel, Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight's uh, amazing, after, dude. Uh, I even played that game back when you know it was no when Windows ninety five was no longer in vogue, and we'd moved on to XP. And I still love the heck out of it, dude. It like, I played it like a year. It still holds. I mean, the story is so good. But so part of what what um, his his story is, and, and it's interesting because Rogue One, the next movie that's coming out, is about stealing the Death Star plans that are used in in Episode Four. But in, yeah. in the original Dark Dark Forces series, um, Kyle Katarn was the was the one who, who stole them. And, you know, that's just, it no longer exists anymore. So this is kind of why people are a little pissed about the fact that the EU is kind of being abandoned. And I'll say that, I, I heard JJ say the other day that they, they are not necessarily, you know, deleting all of it, which was interesting. He kind of said that, you know, they, 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 they looked at it when they started episode seven and they said, you know, we're just, we can't do it. Like, you know, we, they're not going to just re remake the Thrawn trilogy or anything, but right. he wasn't ruling out that they might take stuff now, which is interesting for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, Coruscant that came from the Thrawn trilogy. That's not a George Lucas idea, which is yeah. interesting. And he pretty much kept it as it was described. I yeah. Mean, there was no, George Lucas didn't read it, change the spelling. He didn't make Coruscant to a giant, like, you know, city of a, a flying city planet. It was, you know, clearly as people had imagined it throughout the 90s, you see it in episode one. So, I mean, it was like, I can feel, I can sort of feel like some people have a lot of angst about the stuff, what was kept and what was discarded because the stuff that was kept, was kept pretty, kept pretty well. Now people, I guess, are worried that what does get kept will be altered beyond all recognition. And it's just going to be so and so in name only. Right now, I'll say that I didn't expect them to keep any of the EU, and I don't. I don't really expect to see anything in in the Force Awakens that resembles anything I ever read in the EU. And you know, as much as I love Timothy Zahn's work and I love the Thrawn trilogy, I'm kind of glad. You know, there's no reason I don't like. It wouldn't do them any good to just read hash ideas that fans already know about you know what i mean yeah i mean of all the eu really i to be honest it was this post return of the jedi stuff i always had the least connection to even today after i became a fan of all the stuff it's that stuff being gone like the majority of it is not going to make me weep i mean there are a few treasured tales that are gonna i'm kind of upset that's not going to be part of the official story like i don't know if you read this novel called luke skywalker in the shadows of mindor but it's by the same guy that wrote the novelization to Revenge of the Sith, Matthew Stover. And that is, yeah, I love that is, Matthew that's, Stover. That's, that's, that's a great story. I mean, you don't even have to be a Star Wars fan to appreciate Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. It, mm. it perfectly it gets Han right, it gets Leia right, it gets all the characters right. It's a beautiful expose on, you know, Luke and his, you know, fully coming into the fold as a Jedi knight and, you know, realizing that, you know, avoiding another pitfall that his Jedi ancestors kinda did it also made was the whole thing about you know or, or Jedi you know able to lead armies and command and be generals and stuff and Luke right. all, like, he kind of comes at it from a unique viewpoint you know he doesn't just accept because you know the military made him a general that's what he's going to do so I mean it was a great story and it's gone and the other one was a uh, probably my one of my favorite comic books and i don't know how you feel about it. dark empire i knew you were gonna bring this up you know i remember i made my my profile picture luke from dark empire for the longest time I remember you commented yeah. on it and said it was one of your favorites and i was late to dark empire so that came that came out around the same time as heir to the empire and yeah it was kind of they kind of like had like a I don't know if it was like a cross collaboration, yeah. but I don't think they don't they weren't really developed in tandem, but they just kind of came out around the same time, and they worked to some degree to make sure one didn't like step on the other's toes as far as the story told. 
Yeah. Now, Dark Empire is interesting because with all this, with all this uh, speculation about the Force Awakens, and that a lot of people are either wanting or assuming that, you know, our hero Luke Skywalker might take a dip into the dark side. I mean, that's really the basis of Dark Empire, is it not? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's surprise. I did. Uh, I, I did. The reason I got into our Dark Empire so much is because I actually did a whole research paper on it for a class in college wow. that was about comic books and so I I kind of took the easy way and decided to write about Star Wars comic books and I found Dark Empire's result and I did a lot of research in the behind the scenes making of it and how it was you know the story was written you know where the art came from why the art style was the way it was and mm, it's very love. peculiar because unlike, unlike most Star Wars comics until the prequels came out there was a lot of uh, input or at least you know memos between the team and George Lucas about what they could do Dark Empire was going to be kind of this campy kind of like, what if they resurrected Darth Vader and brought him back to take down, you know, the rebellion? But, you know, apparently George Lucas interceded and said, how about you not use Darth Vader? And, well, like, who can we use then? Like, how can't you, why don't you use the Emperor? And they kind of right. rolled with it. And there was a, there's a lot of little suggestions Lucas made throughout that that you almost feel like he was kind of thinking about the direction, the backstory about the prequels at the time influencing this decision. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shows up a little bit in Dark Empire. Like It's not a literal, like, obviously it was made before episode one, so it's kind of, it's definitely got its anachronisms and such. But it, how much it still works, even after the original, the uh, even after we had the release of the prequels, is pretty amazing. And it's a good story in of its own right. Yeah, no, I, I like, I actually, I, I, so I, I think it was 2012 was actually the first time I read Dark Empire, and I loved it. I mean, I don't love it as canon, but I love it as kind of like just this weird universe of like, like you know, what would happen if, you know, like the kind of like the Infinity Comics, do you remember that? Yeah, I, ha- I actually have all three of those. I bound. love those. I love those. Those were awesome, especially you know, the Empire Strikes Back when when Leia becomes the Jedi. Yeah, so just so everyone knows, the Infinity Comics were were just kind of like alternate stories of like famous Star Wars stories. So like you know the movies, <laughs> but like uh, if they went a different direction. So like you say, uh, Leia's the hero in Empire, which is really yeah, interesting because Luke because Luke dies in the Wampa Cave. Right, but right. if he didn't make it out of there, <laughs> right? Very interesting. Um, which I think that will all tie into, especially the Dark Empire stuff, into our like our, our impending Force Awakens um, discussion. But I, I wanted to touch a little more on the EU, um, it, because so have you read Aftermath? Uh, I actually have not read anything of the new Journey to the Force Awakens okay. stuff. So there's. I, yeah. I kind of browse some of the stuff, but I feel like that that whole journey to the Force Awakens stuff is kind of a cash grab. Like they Dude, were just trying, yeah. they were just trying to get your attention. And the stories, I mean, I'm sure that some of the stories are fine, but they're not really revealing enough. I think um, that's kind of after I read some reviews, I think that's true. Like they just kind of danced around, you know, stuff that happens after Return of the Jedi, but only for a very limited, brief span of time, and not very thoroughly either. So that's I mean, basically. That's not, but, yeah, I mean that, that's basically it. So for those who aren't aware, so now what's happening with Disney is they're saying that unlike what George Lucas did, the books, the comics, the TV shows, it's all one canon. So there's a whole story group that approves all everything that's ever made, and it's canon. So they finally released a new book to come after Return of the Jedi. It's immediately after the fall of the Empire. It's called Aftermath by Chuck Wendig, and I read it. Man, 
what a bizarre book, dude. I mean, nothing against Wendig because I'm he. The dialogue's great, first of all. The dialogue's great, but it's a very bizarre book. It's it's in first or it's in present tense, which is oh. so weird. So weird. Is, that's a yeah. That's a kind of a from just from a literary standpoint. That's kind of a risky way to take your your novel, your narration. Yeah, yeah it's kind it's of also very very young adult. Like I have seen yeah, a lot of young yeah. adult books. They all they all generally stay in the first person in the present tense. Yeah, it's very weird. And I'll also say that you know, for a series that's known to be taking place a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. For it to be written in present tense kind of takes away from that aura of, you know, oral tradition. Like, you know, I always feel yeah. like Star Wars is a story that's been told for generations and generations. And then, like, each book and each movie is like, oh, we're hearing it from this person around the campfire. When you, when you, when you read it in present tense, it just doesn't feel like Star Wars. My yeah. other my other two gripes is what you said, which is that it doesn't it, it has nothing to do with any you know, Skywalker story, solo, none of that stuff. It, it it has nothing to do with any of that, which to me, like you say, feels a bit like a cash grab because you know, when the, when I saw the press release that this book was coming out before, you know, September before The Force Awakens, I'm like, "Oh, great. This is I'm going to read this in a couple days and it's going to kind of give me a hint on like what we're looking at for The Force Awakens." Doesn't do that at all. Like not right, even it, it, ha- it happens too soon. Like right. this Force Awakens, even after aftermath, I'm sure is still around thirty years in the future. Oh yeah, it's still like a lot happens. After. But they could have like told us like Han could have been in it or like I don't know something should have just been different. It just needs to be Star Wars, you know, not just like a random story. I don't know. And then I have a very weird gripe, and you might just think this is ridiculous, but. My other weird gripe is the the main bad guy in this story. Her name is Ray Sloan. She's an Imperial officer or whatever. Yeah. R-A-E. Now, for a newly bought company that is suggesting that everything that we put out is, is, is official canon and we have a new movie coming out and the main character's name is Ray, R-E-Y, <laughs> Why would you make the bad guy in the first book named Ray R A E? I don't understand. I mean, maybe, it could be, it, maybe they think it's pronounced like Ray or, or Rye. I guess it Rye. could, but like, man, that is a who didn't? How many people looked at this book and no one said that? No one said, wait a second, that's really similar to our new hero. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it really bothered me. Like, you know. In the Old Testament, you know, no one's name shows up more than like no character's named the same as another character. Right. If they could figure that out in the Bible two thousand years ago, then someone could have figured <laughs> that out with 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 you know the, I mean, the yeah, it's first. A, it's a big galaxy. <laughs> I know it's a big trillions I mean, upon trillions of creatures and humans live there, and yet they got two very similarly named within yeah, thirty. Yeah, but but can you imagine if the bad guy of this book's name was Luke L O O K? I mean. <gasps> Oh, you know, gosh. come on. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways. That is a bit picky, but I mean, I, I see your point. <laughs> so, I mean, it's maybe a little it would be the picky. first time Star Wars done. I mean, there was one point, I feel, in the old EU, Boy, there I was a that. Jabba the Hutt that we all know and love. And then yeah. there was a Jabba the Hutt with just one T at the end of his name. No relation to Yeah, Jabba. I remember that shit. That was... Uh... The old EU is rife with really dumb little no, things. No, I know. <laughs> Did you ever read Death Troopers? 
No, I never read Death Troopers. Kind of a I'm... cool, kind of a cool story about like stormtrooper zombies, and um, main character's name is Kale, K A L E. Oh, that's oh, you're. Right. I feel like at one point I saw it in the bookstore. I was flipping through the pages. Thought, hey, I know this name. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I always Someone... thought Kale would make a good Star Wars name. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, and to, so it's an okay book, is my is my opinion. To kind of to, to add, but one thing I guess I want to bring up is that they. What's interesting to me is they do talk about and they call it the New Republic in aftermath. Which is what they called it in the Thrawn trilogy, and then and then ever since in uh, after you know in the EU. But you know, as we know, in the Force Awakens, the good guys are called the Resistance. So there's a that's, I just find that interesting. So that's a little look into what might happen between aftermath and the Force Awakens. And I think it's interesting that they took the same name from the EU. I mean, they could have easily just called it the Republic or they could have called it something else completely, the coalition or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think that's telling that they might take stuff from the EU or is it just so obvious to call it the new Republic? Uh, I mean, a little mixture of both. I feel like it is a bit obvious. I mean, you think if there was they in the movies, there's several references to the old Republic. So perhaps it makes sense, you know, after Return of the Jedi, they would call it the New Republic to differentiate itself. So, I mean, well, if it was just always the Galactic Republic, I mean, what else are you going to name it but the Republic? Um, I know the old EU did take some very interesting variations when they decided just the New Republic wasn't cool enough of a name. But uh, There's also the, the New Jedi Order. They just kind I, of like... <laughs> I think I'd be more put off if they, you know, they if in the official canon all of a sudden becomes well, you know, the empire's done, the rebellion's over, so we're forming a now a galactic coalition. I'm like, okay, why don't you <laughs> call yourselves the Confederation of? Oh wait, oh right, yeah, it's already a group that calls them the Confederation. <laughs> PC, uh, that'd be a like a what's what's the word? Uh, that'd be a nightmare for the press. Just like oh gosh, they're naming themselves after the Confederation. Confederates. Well, they that's true. That's what it's called in. Uh... The yeah, that's what I mean, the Confederacy of Independence. Right, systems. the Confederacy of Independence. I didn't think of the full name, but I just know they were the Confederacy or the Confederation. Right. Um. So all that being said, no more EU. You know, none of this, none of this. Oh, well, some know. like some some of the old stuff might still remain, like all the stuff from before the movies. I mean, Disney's not digging in there, so you never. Know, we could still that's have. That's true. All- not yet. So you're like you're talking about like an old Republic movie. Yeah, like, well, yeah, and I'm not just talking about the MMO, the big game they released, like, a few years ago. Yeah, you mean, like, KOTOR. Yeah, like, Knights of the Old Republic and the comics that inspired it that came out before. There's some really good stuff, and those came out around the same time as Dark Empire, but I think they kind of got pushed to the side and the in the wake of prequel hysteria since we were all getting episode one and these comics talked about what led before but i mean there's a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in them about the jedi and the sith and what they were like which is surprising since you know this is still a time when no one really knew what the sith were and they weren't kind of mentioned aside from you know promotional material that said darth vader was a dark lord of the sith didn't know who that was we didn't know what a sith was but those comics definitely elaborate and kind of even set the stage for why the sith want their revenge in episode three Right. I hope they don't throw them which, out entirely. Which I hope they mine some of that. Well, so this, you know what, this segues perfectly into uh, our Force Awakens discussion, I, I think, because I think we need to to start this discussion. I mean, you know, basically, there's like three things that we're going to talk about, which is what are you excited for, what are you worried about, what are you predicting. Um, but let's talk about what we know really quickly. 
we and you know these aren't spoilers. I you don't have you haven't read any like legit because I know there are legit spoilers out there. I have. Oh yes, there's got to be. I have seen some things that suggest. I, I I've seen like story outlines that have that have that are legit, and I but I haven't read them. I've like seen that they exist, and I said this time no. We talked about last time how I was completely spoiled for Revenge of the Sith, and I didn't want to do that this time. Um, I wanted to go in as cold turkey as possible, but I have watched all the trailers. And I've seen all the re- any official release I've watched. Have you done the same? I have, but uh, the recent events in the last probably like forty eight hours, I'm probably I'm thinking I'm gonna go like dark on looking even at official stuff until I see the film. Okay, uh, there, there I've was read, a, I've, yeah. I've seen some articles that indicate some of the new like international trailers and TV spots are showing off. Not really spoiler plot plot related spoilers, but just stuff that spoilers of enjoyment that That's, would be yeah. nice to see in the film and not in a brief little one minute snippet right so i've seen it as the chinese trailer and um you know people are like it's showed too much but you what's what you're saying it's 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 cool looking things but you don't really get spoiled it doesn't tell you any more about what we know and I'll say that to start this off, we don't really know much, do we? I mean, we really don't know anything about this plot. I think no. between the two of us, we could piece it together pretty well. Um, General you know, beats of like what the phases of the film, I suppose. I think I could figure out just intuitively, but right, you know. So like we we know that Ray is no one, and she's probably an orphan. Yeah, she was orphaned at five. I remember that much. She had a press chance. She was orphaned at five years old, and she's waiting for her family. She's waiting for her family, and she lives on a desert planet called not Tatooine. Jakku. Jakku. And she teams up with a a stormtrooper who's gone rogue, who is Finn. And uh, her and this newfound droid, I think, newfound droid, BB-8, get, they all three of them get together and they go on this journey, probably meeting up with Han Solo. And thus our story begins that, you know, we know we've seen, we don't know the last names of, of uh, Ray and Finn, which is obviously something to think about. Yeah, um, they said that was deliberate. I'm sure it's deliberate. We also, um, we, we see... We have not seen Ray with a lightsaber. We have seen uh, Finn with a lightsaber a lot. Yes. He's so, wielding Anakin's old saber quite a bit. Which is interesting. Um, and then we, you know, we've seen that Han and Leia embrace. That's, uh, that, that, that hit me in the feels for I'm sure. I'm sure it did. We, we've heard that Han and Chewie say they're home. When they get on the Millennium Falcon, which would suggest to all of us that they haven't been there for a while, right? You think, you think, you know, it could be misdirection, but it I don't could, know. It could, it be, could be that they might be sitting on the Falcon for the first time in a long time. Maybe they lost it in a bet. Right. We've seen on the poster that there's some sort of space station that we know I've heard is called Starkiller Base. Yeah. Which is a callback to the original name of Luke Skywalker, which was Luke Starkiller. And, uh, and then there's Kylo Ren, who seems to be the bad guy of this film and who has some sort of uh, fanatic appreciation for uh, one Darth Vader. Yeah. And he's and a knight of Ren. He's not a Sith. He's not a Sith. We've heard he's not a Sith. And then probably the last and the biggest tidbit that we've seen, besides small things like you know Gwendolyn Christie's uh, Captain Phasma, we don't really know much about her, 
uh, Donald Gleason's General Hux, we don't really know much about, except he's got some wicked hair gel. Um, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, but the biggest thing, obviously, and everyone loves to talk about this, is we really haven't seen Luke in a trailer. And we no. haven't seen Luke in the poster. I'm pretty sure that was the only thing we've seen of him is him kneeling in that cave, putting his hand on R2. We think that that's Luke, and I would assume that that's Luke. I think that's. I a, hope so. It's, it's a big Luke. bet. It's a big I mean, bet. that that who else has a right mechanical hand and hangs out with R two and wears a cloak? Hmm. It could be. Uh, it could be our, our Snoke. Uh, this, uh, this 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 Snoke is the he's like the bad guy of this of this movie apparently like the like the right. deeper supreme deeper leader guy. supreme leader Snoke of the first supreme order. leader Snoke of the first order which is not the Empire and they're fighting the resistance which is not really the rebellion but it's certainly not the New Republic so that's all that's out there, um, you know. I guess let's talk about first, what of all of that confuses you? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> For me, the, the the biggest thing would be, you know, Anakin slash Luke's lightsaber that fell at the end of Empire Strikes Back into the pits of Bespin and probably into the clouds of of of, of Bespin, uh, is somehow around. Is that is that? Yeah. So that was the first. I don't know how closely you're paying attention to spoilers. Like a year and a half ago or two years ago, but there definitely was some kind of like leak where someone said the opening shot of the film will be. Uh, Luke's old lightsaber from Bespin, being still being clutched by his hand, tumbling through space, and I was just like, "What? That is the dumbest, most ridiculous, out of left field thing possible. Why, of all things, like I just imagined in my head, and I felt like I'm. This must be something out of Spaceballs, not yeah. <laughs> a hand holding a lightsaber floating through space, and it right. crash lands on a planet, and that's what triggers the whole story." And I kind of wrote it off at the time. We had no footage, anything official to go on. So I tried to write it off. But then seeing it again, like the actual lightsaber in the official teaser trailers, kind of woke that up again, that concern in me. Like, well, wait a second here. Why, where did this lightsaber come from? We saw it fall. I mean, that was a pretty big pit. Are we us to assume? Well, here's what I, over time, tried to convince myself of. We never really see it fall through that shaft that Luke falls out of. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's suggested because something else falls as well before Luke lands on that weather vane. Yeah. That maybe that was his hand and lightsaber. I, I, maybe someone with the Blu-ray can confirm this and like zoom in on that and enhance. But I don't think it was. I think it fell maybe during some separate part of that Bespin t- uh, tower. And maybe someone did find it, like some cleaning crew or a cleaning droid or something, picked it up. <laughs> the Argnaut on Cloud City that found yeah. the, the lightsaber called Kylo Ren and said, hey, I got this for you. I put it on eBay. Yeah, well, I put it on Star I mean, Wars eBay. We know, I mean, Bespin was under control of the Empire for the year after that but until the events of Return of the Jedi. So maybe some Imperials, you know, got a hold of it. Maybe Darth Vader Mar- Darth Vader, yeah. I, I would think maybe Darth Vader grabbed it somehow. Yeah, just kept it under lock and key. And then right. sometime in the 30 years since, you know, with the fall of the Empire, someone invaded Darth Vader's castle and stole all his relics and stuff, mm-hmm. including that lightsaber. Right, so, which, which I, might so be a thing. I, so yeah. the lightsaber thing has become more plausible to me. I've, I'm kind of working myself around. I'm sure the movie will give some other explanation. I just kind of hope it's not that hand tumbling through space. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be it. I can't imagine that this movie doesn't start with a Star Destroyer. Yeah, or some kind of big ship. I, mean, I bet it starts with a Star Destroyer. In the prequels, it started out with, you know, they didn't have Star Destroyers in the first one. 
so I could accept the Republic consulate ship. They got to the Star Destroyer by Revenge of the Sith. Right, right. So hopefully we get yeah, we get that, not a hand. <laughs> I, I would say that you know if if I can if I can uh, believe that eight year old nine year old Darth Vader built C three PO then. Somehow, Luke's lightsaber got into the hands of someone else. <laughs> yeah, and it um, makes it to Jack. Somehow, it gets from Bespin to Jakku. And, well, we okay. don't know that. I don't know if that's true. You, you think that's that's they find thought, it in Jakku? I thought Finn. I thought Finn, Finn had it the whole like. I don't know. I thought I saw it like in his jacket pocket, like in all time. those scenes. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. Well, I don't know. It's, I it's like possible. He, I feel like he has it continuously in his possession. Maybe yeah. I've been misdirected, and I'm going to be so surprised when I see something like, oh, he finds it at this place instead, or something like that. That'd be nice, you know. I love being surprised that way. Right. Um, well, what other, like, what are, what are your other uh, general predictions here? I mean, why do you think there's no Sith? Are you cool with no Sith? Do you, um, do you think they're going for some? I I like the idea that there's yeah, no Sith. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it for now because you see that's a theme that's been in. And I'm talking from my EU influences here. That's been a theme throughout the Star Wars story. Like, eventually, yes, the Sith are wiped out, but there's always one left, or somehow the teachings are passed on to someone, and the this, the evil of the Sith is always reborn from within the ranks of the Jedi, right. and so on and so forth. But I do like the fact the whole point, one of the major points of the original saga, is that you know the Chosen One and all that prophecy is to finally put the kibosh on the Sith once and for all and, you know, mm-hmm. shut it down thanks to Anakin and Luke's actions. So I am glad that, I hope they kind of stick with that in these movies, that, you know, they're Sith are gone, they're a relic of the past once and for all. And the Force, hopefully, has been balanced, you know. Right. But there's some sort of awakening. What do you think that means? Have you thought <laughs> about that at all? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like, that's not only the title of the movie, but we're assuming, because we saw it in the first trailer, but that's yes. a line of dialogue and probably yes. a, a point Snoke of, says it. Snoke says that's supposedly been Snoke. Yeah, he tells Kylo Ren like there's been an awakening. Like, have you felt it? And like awakening. I mean, what really? Uh, there's so much written in all the you know the movies and the books about the Force, but no one ever describes it as going to sleep or awakening or taking a break. But, yeah, taking a break or like the Force can go dormant if people don't use it enough. You know, which maybe that's, that's interesting. Well, maybe that's the, maybe it's the route they're going. Maybe maybe it is. But I mean, this will—I guess—you'll tie this into another discussion about where what Luke's been up to. But maybe, maybe the Force has gone dormant because no one's been using it to any meaningful capacity in 30 years. And mm-hmm. I guess there's a maybe like our phones or something. After a certain period of time, the Force goes and hibernate, and you have to wake it up again. Hmm. That, but the way, I mean, that might be—I think you might be onto something. I wouldn't be. Surprised. Yeah, I just—I—I I literally just now thought of that, and uh, maybe that. But then again, the only thing kind of counter to that is why. Snoke in that in the trailer says like he there's been he's he it's some it's not something he's triggered he's kind of like felt it and, right so he must be a force user I mean yeah and we know Kylo Ren's a force user and I don't think he just started using the force out of the blue so maybe it's someone else they're sensing someone or something else triggering it maybe right. the force can be awakened by like a mechanical or like mystical process right well well that brings up so. <laughs> But the thing is, is like we get the impression that, that people don't even know what Jedi are anymore. Kind of like the beginning of A New Hope, too. We're like, yeah. you know, we, we get the impression, because Han tells them it's all true, that that, that Jedi are a thing of, of myth and, like, not fact. Um, so what do you think that means in relation to what Luke is doing? I think like, we should talk about that. And I'll say that... 
I'll say that when the six movies happened, um, like when, when Revenge of the Sith was titled, I always took the end of Return of the Jedi, or not the end, I always took the title of Return of the Jedi to mean the return of plural Jedi. Like the like Luke destroying the Sith means the Jedi are back. Yeah, it's a great title because it has actually, I think, like you, like what you're indicating here, has multiple interpretations. It's the return of the Jedi, as in now Luke's a Jedi, so they're back. You know, at least in his embodied by him, mm-hmm. they're also the Jedi. Literally, if you're thinking more about this is the saga of Anakin Skywalker. He returns. The Jedi Anakin returns after he's been gone for so long. So he returns too. Right. And he's pivotal to the plot. And then, of course, also now with Luke back, you know, he, Luke and Anakin represent more than just themselves. They represent an uh, ancient tradition that has been gone for a while. So now the Jedi as a whole, the order, their beliefs, their teachings, they've come back too, you know. Right. And it's kind of a wish from Yoda that, that Luke will pass on what he learned and, and yeah it's an it's explicit and it's a very moving moment for yeah. luke you know, it's his last moments with his last link to this old tradition yoda in no uncertain terms tells him pass on what you have learned when i am gone the last of the jedi you will be and you think that you think based on what we're seeing from these trailers and from the fact that luke is kind of not in it <laughs> that Yoda was a little more pinpoint than he wanted to be that maybe Luke was the last of the Jedi. And do you see, here's a route that I would actually like them to go. And I don't know if they're going to, what I kind of hope happened in their version of this story is that Luke kind of, you know, took some time off after return of the Jedi and (laughs) thought and thought about it and had a philosophical enlightened, not if he had a philosophical awakening, I guess we could call it where he, he probably decided that it's best if there are no Jedi at all, because eventually a dark side will rise. Do you think, am I on to something that, or is this just crap? I mean, seriously, do you think that's, so, that's what I kind of see? This is like them. the, this is like the crux of like my whole like inner debate on where this movie could go for me. So we could file this under, we could, we could file this under your worried section. Kind of, but it's, I mean, it's kind of like, it's something I'm worried, but I hopefully I'm worried for a, no good reason about. But I mean, it means a lot to me because the Luke's character is, you know, so well done. I, before, you know, I even really got to appreciate Anakin for it. It was Luke, you know, that I recognize as right. the epitome of the hero. So, I mean, there's a lot of expectation for me writing it. And it, you know, what we said, what Yoda told him, that's one part of it. There's the part of, you know, Luke's personality has just been, you know, that kind of person that he wants to do the right thing. He's not going to shirk from his duty. There's, you know, the E. I've been, of course, influenced by the EU. I didn't say I liked every book, but I did like the general idea that Luke founds a Jedi Academy and he starts teaching people. And, right. yeah, he makes his mistakes, but he doesn't quit, you know, just because right. he has a few bad apples. You know, he kind of doubles down. And by the time of the last books in the, uh, like, that Fate of the Jedi series, you know, the... The Jedi Order's back, you know, several hundred strong. You know, it's right. not like the thousands that they had back in the old days. But, you know, he, he's, Luke's done a pretty good job, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing perfect because he had to do it all by himself. But, I mean, you expected that. It was real. It felt like something that would happen. You ignore all the messy details. But in the big picture, that's what I see happening. I saw Luke, you know, you know, maybe yeah, he could probably take some time off after what he did. But I think he would, in earnest, you know, begin trying to find potential recruits that he could train to be Jedi like him. Yeah. Do I think he succeeded, or does he have? Does it should it be all like hunky door? I've made a bunch of Jedi. No, I feel like yeah, maybe he's probably had a few misfires. So 
the way I see this going is like I would hope that Luke did sincerely try to found some kind of Jedi Academy or some kind of trying to train at least somebody in the at, in the wake of Return of the Jedi in this new canon, but something went wrong. Maybe what happened is that uh, nefarious forces, probably Imperial remnants, allied with maybe like a student of his, turned and you know you know turned against Luke and turned to turn to the dark side. And Luke realized that much like a gardener, you know, tries to plant a garden full of things he's going to like, sometimes the gardener also has to weed the things he doesn't like. So Luke probably had to man up to the task of taking down his former students, you know, because they turned to the dark side irrevocably. And maybe that would cause Luke to suddenly have pause and realize, you know, maybe I just don't get this being a Jedi mentor, being a master. None of my students made the cut. Maybe it's something wrong with me. Maybe I just don't know enough about the Force. And he goes off in seclusion to figure all this out because he realizes if he keeps doing this, he's going to start putting more and more people under the pall of the dark side or open them to it or things will be out of control, which I can understand because Luke... We got to remember, he's a young guy. He's even younger than I was at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's only like I think the equivalent of like twenty-four years yeah, old, perhaps. Right, right. And that's I mean that's a lot to put on a you know a twenty-something. You know, you got to train a whole bunch of people with this really advanced magic, near magical art. So I can see you know even if he's only in his thirties when this happens, this is going to be something that makes him pause. Like maybe I'm not ready for this. Like he, I feel like he's got to try. If I watch this so, film and find out Luke has just decided to hide out because he just had a Revel Epiphany after Return of the Jedi and you decide to abstain, that's going to be really cheap. That's just really bad example of cinematic hand-waving, like, oh, this is the, this is the way it is because reasons. We're not going to show you. We're, that's, that's showing, that's, that's telling and not showing. Or, you yeah, know, that's I, the thing you don't want to do. Right. And it's also it, it kind of, I know you've seen Tron Legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that whole thing with Jeff Bridges' character. You know, he was stuck in the grid for like 20 years and his son like comes to rescue him. And he's all like, well, I'm just sitting here living in my Zen way because, you know, I can't fight this guy because he makes me, he gets more powerful off my resistance. And all, second of all, I'm trapped because that portal doesn't open and only works one way. Right. And I feel like I just keep when I was keep thinking about the whole Luke scenario, it just gave me bad vibes. Like that worked for Tron really great, but that if they pull that crap for you know, the Force Awakens and Luke has just been hiding out because he realizes that there's you know he the only the only way to win this game is not to play. Then that's what seemed really really mediocre because it doesn't even fit. It doesn't fit at all. I mean that if for Luke to just like re, like hide would mean there's something super powerful out there. And then we get in the whole question, like, well, the Sith have been defeated. What's so much more powerful? Hmm. So, I mean, right. there's, I feel like yeah. it's, it's, build, it's building, what I'm getting, it's building, like, a lot of explanation that's going to make it so convoluted that you, the audience is going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I worry about that, too. I worry that they're going to try to explain so much right away because there's so many, there's so many questions. Which is actually, I mean, we'll get into bold-ass predictions later, but that's kind of one of mine, too, is that they... I think that honestly, you're gonna come out of you're gonna come out of the Force Awakens, you know, in traditional George Lucas fashion, you're gonna come out of the Force Awakens with more questions than you thought you were gonna have when you went in. I really believe that. Oh um, yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, the original. That's, thing, that's what good Star Wars does, to be honest. Yeah, with you. they make you ask some questions. They answer some things and they leave you with some more questions. Right. Which, um, you know, so building based on what you said, so you basically. You're okay with him going to seclusion and being like, I need to think things over as long as he has, he tried to establish a new Jedi Order. 
Yeah, maybe he had some successes, maybe, but maybe just uh, he just had you know mostly failures, and he had to maybe. I mean, it'd be pretty traumatic if you had to kill your own student, especially yeah, no, after, absolutely. especially for a Jedi. You know, Luke what is a pretty fat guy. What if that old student was your child? Yeah, that's another thing. You know, if you if, know, this, if there's kids involved here, the offspring of Luke, particularly, or offspring of his relatives, like a certain sister, that also you know hopefully undergo some form of Jedi training. Well, I actually, I don't know if that's really going to happen, to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't bet on that. Oh, man. I don't know. Oh, we, uh, I can kind of live with that, but because I guess even in the old EU, Leia was kind of... Yeah, she wasn't. She was, she was more focused on her political career. Right, eventually in the Jedi. EU, she kind of started wielding lightsabers and shit. But like, but it, it, was, it was definitely long. Even in Dark Empire days, she was just kind of like, oh, I, Luke taught me this trick. But yeah, I'm not really right. that good I remember at that. Yeah, I definitely um, did not expect to come in episode seven, seeing her swinging the lightsaber, doing the Yoda flips and everything, and you know, defending people. But you know, it'd been nice if maybe they make some reference to her force sensitivity again. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot, that's the most I can hope for. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think about Leia? Do you think Han and Leia? Um, I get the I get the uh, sense that they are not together at the beginning of this film. Yeah, that's I get that sense too. What or do you think about? I mean, what do you think about that? That kind of kills me more than anything, to be honest with you, because it seems at the end of Return of the Jedi, if anything in that movie is resolved, it's the love and the relationship between Han and Leia. You know, yeah, there's no more, there's no more doubt. I mean, it's summed up just like the whole, you know, it's just all summed up perfectly when uh, Leia, you know, is sitting there on that log, injured, and Han's tending to her, and he 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 pretty much calls her out. He says, "You love him, don't you?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, okay, I won't get in the way. And you can tell at that moment, he's at that moment where like, this is over. Like, right. this is it. You know, I'm, I'm done. Uh, Han Solo will go his own way. And then she reels him in and tells him like, because he's my brother. And that look on his face is so priceless. And yeah, you know, it's amazing. Everything changes for him. Again, you know, he just decides that, you know, he realizes that what he, he has with Leia. Someone, yeah. yeah, Leia, what he has with Leia is real. And that's going to persist. I, I don't really, unlike Luke, I don't really have strong, you know, I guess, conceptions of what should happen after that. I mean, I feel like, yeah, they should get married. Or maybe they do the equivalent of Star War, in Star Wars of a civil union because they're too busy. Maybe they head on down to the galactic courthouse and just sign some hollow documents. But uh, uh, other than that, I mean, it's kind of a mystery to me what I want to happen. Have kids? For sure. I mean, Yeah, for sure. I think if anyone's, a, if anyone's an Anakin Skywalker grandchild... It should be the the child of Han and Leia. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. I won't. I I'll be excited if 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 Luke has a child, but I don't know if that's his style. You know? Yeah, he like, definitely seems like kind of the lone hero. Like yeah. he's he's walking a path that I mean, he's very it connects him to other people, but he can't have a personal connection. The other thing, not- with, well, the other thing with that is that you know, with wanting me not wanting really the children to be Luke's children is because. That's another thing where you have to explain. I mean, you, who is you know we're gonna all gonna want to to know who is this woman that Luke yeah, conceived children with. Yeah, right? that would be another form of bad hand waving. Like, oh, oh, right. your mother, she was beautiful, but unfortunately, she died. And like, oh I great. To, well, what if he had to kill her? That'd be yeah. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that would that'd be pretty crazy. But I don't know something that serious. Like, I can deal with force sensitive strangers. Luke having to kill. Yeah. Uh, his own wife that bore his child and him talking to that child. Oh, I don't, that's, that's a little heavy there. Yeah, little, that is, that, that is that's heavy. something I would have loved to see in the movie. Um, if you don't mind us digress, I mean, that kind of, yeah, this yeah. is kind of like the thing 
that you know makes me a little sad that it took this long to happen because we're forced to have to deal with this de- this movie taking place 30 years after the fact. So there's probably some sacrifices that I realize even you know JJ and Lawrence had to make when they were writing the script that you know we can't actually maybe show all this stuff because you know this just we're just we're too far ahead in time. We can't show what was going on like you know five years after turning the jo- we can't set a story there because it would just be too like cost prohibitive i mean yeah you could can't de-age all the main actors right 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 so i i kind of feel like maybe there will be something in this film that does get explained away but I'll, hopefully it's something that i can at least accept because due to the constraints of the story they're trying to tell they can't they can't go jump back in time and show you this you know because it's it's been done it's ancient history of these people and you know, they haven't gotten younger. They've only gotten older. So we gotta we have to work with what we got. Right. Well, I think we can all expect that. I think we can. We can, I think you and I can agree on this. That we can expect that Finn, Ray, and Poe are gonna be the main characters in the next two movies. Like I don't yeah. think. I think that. I think Han will have the most part in this movie. I think Luke and Leia will be in it for not that long, and I think that whatever happens at the end of seven is gonna determine eight and nine's lack of Luke, Leia, and Han. I really believe that. Yeah, it, it's, I, I'm going to fully agree that this is, past, this is the passing of the torch kind of trilogy. You know, We're right. going to see those characters of Finn and Ray and Poe really come to the fore. And probably by episode nine, I mean, we won't even really miss Han, Leia, and Luke. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's, you know, I know that Disney abandoned George Lucas's ideas and shit, but I think the one thing that's probably consistent from those ideas to this is that Luke, Han, and Leia wouldn't really be the main characters of these stories. I think right. that that's the way Lucas would have done it too, which makes me happy. Like, I think that was always the plan that, yeah. you know, Luke would be more of a Obi-Wan and you know, there'd be a new Luke Skywalker, which appears to be Ray and appears to be Finn. So one more prediction here for you. I mean, I always want to know from you, Kylo, Finn and Ray. I mean, this is just prediction. These are not spoilers. What do you? Who do you think they are? Okay, uh, Ray. I predict she is the offspring of Han Solo and Leia Organa. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was obviously force sensitive and was probably, uh, you know, set up to join, you know, Uncle Luke's Jedi training academy. But whatever bad happened that happened probably you know forced them to realize well we can't keep her with luke or luke realized he couldn't keep her and he didn't want to tell his you know his his sister and her his brother-in-law that you know kind of screwed up with everyone your child may be in danger so i had to hide it you know maybe he maybe he hid their daughter on jacku never told him right for some reason that maybe will be explained by the film Mm -hmm. finn I actually probably have of the characters. I think Finn has the craziest background in my that I've created in my head, and it was mainly inspired by those snippets. His the first snippets I saw of him wielding a lightsaber, mm-hmm. and I might have this might be one of those cases where I've gone totally overboard with something that's probably going to okay. be simply explained. But Look, I feel is, like this feel is like, where we're, we're supposed to. These are crazy yeah. predictions. Let's do it. I feel like Finn is an undercover Jedi. I feel like he was one of those you know infant or young students that Luke had. Uh, but he didn't turn against Luke, and maybe Luke didn't have to go against him. Uh, he didn't get to stick around with Luke, because maybe like the rise of elements like the First Order prevented, you know, uh, you know, overt Jedi training being a public thing. So he had to take whatever he knew, which wasn't much, but you know, enough to say he was a Jedi disciple, and you know, see if he could help Luke out by infiltrating some of these, you know, because obviously the First Order 
aside from being a political organization, has ties to the dark side. You know, you, got, you don't put guys like Kylo Ren and Supreme Leader Snoke without you know having some affiliation there. So maybe what I'm thinking is that at a certain point, Finn was you know he was given a new identity, scrub, so he could in, in, in like get in the ranks of the First Order as a lowly stormtrooper. You know. Maybe keep an eye out, you know, do all their thing, keep an eye out on them. Maybe along the way, Finn kind of felt like being a double agent was stupid. Maybe he liked some elements of the First Order. I mean, I'm sure he feels like he's a kind of conflicted character. And there's something that happens in this film that triggers him to realize, you know, I know what side I'm on now. And it's not with the First Order. That's interesting. I never even considered that, that he he, is a Jedi. Yeah, so he... so he calls upon like his old Jedi training. He's not very good at it though, because right. he's been used to being a stormtrooper for so long mm-hmm. and taking orders for so long. And right. so maybe, maybe that's why we see him with the lightsaber, you know, because he does know these things, and that's why he's carrying that. Like he's recognized the lightsaber is an artifact of Luke's. He knows Luke's had this. Maybe Luke told him about it, or he just knows from you know watching, reading his history books or something as a kid. So that's interesting. Okay, so that was my bold ass prediction that's regarding your, that's Finn, your bold that he, ass that prediction. He's, he's an undercover Jedi. That maybe Luke, you know, had him on this mission to infiltrate the First Order. He kind of abandoned it because you know he probably went through a rebellious phase. But now he sees what the First Order really is, and he wants to you know stick it to him. And he gets his chance in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Kylo, uh, that's a little bit trickier, uh, mainly because. I feel like we're running. I feel like it's kind of. I, I feel like we're running into the problem of too many Skywalker offspring. I feel like he also is the offspring of Han and Leia. Yeah, I do too. But I, uh, I, I do too. I think. I think that Kylo and and Ren, or sorry, Kylo and Ray. I think Kylo and Ray are brother and sister, probably yeah. twins. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like that'd be a little too cheesy to have them, you know, tw- fraternal twins. Well, just like I mean, Luke. that's 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 EU. I mean, that's yeah, that's Jason that is the Jaina. EU. I didn't say I fully agreed with you. That, no, I know, I, I know, but I think for a long time people liked. I mean, I think the general Star Wars consensus was like, yeah, twins. Twins do run in families, though. That's a real thing. I mean, I yeah, that, ge- genetic studies do show that does happen. It's it more runs in, yeah, more likely twin- to get a twin if you've had twins in your family. Yeah, there's a lot of twins in my family, so that's a and real of thing. course never never discount the power of the Force making its will known. Absolutely, certain bloodlines. So I think I agree with you on Ray and Kylo. I think they're related, if anything. Um, I would say um, I have, I have no idea with Finn. I kind of hope he's not a Calrissian just because he's black. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, that, that makes it way too small. Like, I oh, mean, wow, only I other mean, black guy in right, the galaxy. Right, the only other black person in the galaxy is also a Calrissian. No, but, but if he's like Captain Panaka's grandson. Well, that'd be just cool because I would just appreciate the fact that they linked it to the prequel. Or what about Mace in, Windu? In the old EU, Captain Panaka actually was a firm supporter of Palpatine and Palpatine rewarded him greatly by making him a moth. In during the imperial right, era, right. so maybe he had some kids, you know. Where, <laughs> I don't know. I would, but, yeah, I, Mace, I, Windu, honestly, Mace though, Windu would be kind of interesting. I don't know how Mace Windu would have offspring or descendants. Right, right. I, I if wouldn't. If, if Mace Windu could have it, like I feel like we could go the route that the some of the rumor mongers went, like, oh, maybe Obi Wan has a granddaughter. Yeah, like, that's right. Oh, she's got a British accent. The only other yeah. British good guy in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to go there because that gets a little too close to fan wankery, and yeah. I don't know. I've kind of felt like I don't want to sound snobby, but I feel like I've always been kind of above some of the baser rumors and like, oh, you know. Yeah, you know, no, me too. Luke, Sky, well, like Luke, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker is Kylo. Kylo. Like that's no the way. dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. There's photographs of him full frontal. I know. And I know. From months and months ago, and it's clearly Stupid. this other dude. It's right. not. 
it's not a trick. There's no like dub bait and switch, but I'm pretty sure he's, you know, Kylo Ren is, you know, his own character. Right. I wouldn't don't discount Finn from being a solo or a Skywalker. I'm serious. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that I, as funny as it would be to find out that Leia had like a tryst with Lando and that's right. what caused it. <laughs> well, that's not what I mean, but yeah. you know, it's possible. I, don't think Dis- I think at that point Disney would have said, hey, we're letting you do your own thing. We can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> the questions would be too many. Infidelity all over the yeah. places. Yeah. yeah like, Mommy, Daddy, why didn't Leia have a child with her husband? Right, like, right. <laughs> um. I would say don't. I would say also. Well, you know what? Do you have another bold ass prediction? Let's get those. Out. We want to do bold ass. Oh okay. Oh okay. I got a bold ass prediction about Snoke. That is it, kind is, of. It's not Jar Jar, is it? No, no, no. All right, that's, go. that's 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 what they want you to think. Yeah. Jar. My bold ass prediction. The reason they haven't revealed Snoke, the why they haven't shown him, the why they're not even trying to be the vaguest they can be about his physical appearance. Snoke is a dark side, uh, you know, emaciated Gungan. He's just a Gungan. You don't really believe that, though. <laughs> I mean, this okay, the vague descriptions they've made of him that, okay, he had to be motion captured, which is, okay. you know, that's telling in of itself. Right. They just, Andy Serkis said he's a very tall, really lanky, almost, you know, like a wraith kind of a person. So, okay, so Gungans were pretty tall. I mean, they, they were kind of lanky. I can imagine one racked by the dark side would kind of not look like a typical Gungan. He'd probably be real pale and you know, really jointy. You wouldn't expect him. He's kind of like going for the Palpatine look. You know, kind of a, like you know, the remnants of a man who's consumed by energies that far exceed his physical form. So, but Dude, this I, is I, really bold. <laughs> so the only caveat I ended when I thought of more about, like, in case I'm wrong, I'm just going to extend it to just. A gen- an alien from the prequels, like a Kaminoan or a, a moon, like Darth Plagueis was. I'm assuming I'm that's my I'm, that was my bold ass. He's an alien from the prequels of some kind. I would, dude. I would be so into if he was a Kaminoan or something. I'd be so into that because I heard he's tall. He's supposedly really yeah, tall. He's tall, and he's. They say he's. I mean, Andy right. Serkis, as far as say he's like scarred by his past. Right. Another thing that he wasn't like they he indicate he wasn't really he's aware of what happened in the past like with the, the story of the empire versus the rebellion but he wasn't really involved in it but he's aware of what's come before so he's clearly an outsider and if he's force sensitive then he clearly may he might have been involved with the empire but not in any high ranking capacity my kind of another bold aspect I kind of had is that he was an inquisitor back in the day and that at the end of like maybe I thought the mid season finale of rebels would reveal that. You know, this new Inquisitor's joined up with the other ones hunting down the rebels. Prepare the way for Inquisitor Snoke, and they would reveal him like, "Whoa!" But then I realized that's that would be crazy. That'd that'd be, be I don't think they would have let that much of cross promotion. No, I don't either. Yeah. The, but I mean, it could it could be. I mean, there's a lot of dark Jedi and other guys running around the Empire at that time, so maybe Snoke is somewhere in the mix. Maybe he's just not. A, he's just a low tier underling, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because he's not a Sith, right? So he can't right. be that. He can't be that powerful. No, right. So I'd imagine he's just like some low-level dark chai underling, which, I mean, even the old EU was littered with that. Luke never had to go up against Sith Lords in the old EU. He was just going against dark Jedi and, you know, you know, failed Jedi. They're just kind of pissed. Yeah. Former Inquisitors and Emperor's Hands and whatnot. Yeah, these guys were, Palpatine kept them around, but they never were, you know, meant to exceed anything close to the level of Sith Apprentice. Some of them wish they could take down Vader, but none of them ever were going to be close. Right. Um, I feel like Snoke is in that category. But yeah, I'll, I'll stick with what I ever say. I feel like Snoke's a Gungan. He's just, you know. I, dude, I will lose my shit if he's a Gungan. 
I'll like, call you during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you watching this right now? Like, are you watching this right now? You're, you're like, no, I'm going to call you. I'll be like, you watching this right now? You'd be like, no, you asshole. I'm an hour behind. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's, a hot, here's a hot tip from the future. Right. You were right. <laughs> All right. You ready for my bold ass predictions? Okay. What's your bold? Let's hear your bold ass predictions. The first isn't that bold, actually. The first isn't that bold, but I think that this is going to happen. I think some people are going to be pissed about this, but I don't think that we are going to find out who Finn, Ray, or Kylo are related to in this movie. I think that's going to be saved for eight and nine. Really? So yes. they can pull like an Empire Strikes Back I twist do. in eight? I, so like, I do. Ray, I, do. I am your brother. Yeah, I do. I, I believe that this movie, that the, I, I think that... They would. It makes sense from a marketing and money making standpoint, but it also makes sense from a Star Wars standpoint. That I, I and JJ has been so into mystery this whole process. I think he's going to let it linger for another two years. I really do. I think that. Um, well, it's got the ball's not really in his court for that. I mean, it'll be. I don't. Uh, you know, but, I don't know. Brian Brian Johnson and Lawrence Kasdan. Well. I don't well, think he's involved even writing the no, episode he, eight script. I think he has a an over. I think he has a, a he has a, a vote in all this. But either way, I think that well, he's going to be an EP in all of them. I mean, he's going to be a producer. Also, actually, if you want to get really into bold ass predictions, I bet you that JJ comes back for episode nine. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you Colin Trevorrow falls through, and they they go back to JJ. Hundred percent. That is a bold ass prediction. Hundred percent. That happens. Um, I'll be more inclined once we see how much money this film makes. Right, which is going to be everything. The other bold ass prediction I have, which is I, it's it's I think it's kind of bold, but I also wouldn't put it past them. And I think Jakku is Tatooine. You think Jakku is Tatooine? Yes, that's that's pretty bold considering Jakku is in fact appeared now like in a video game, yep. and I don't think the video game. I think the video takes place within a year after Return of the Jedi. Really? So that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. The the battle for where all those fall because I remember watching clips. I don't have the game, but I want it. And they just announced the DLC, and it's the Battle of Jakku. Takes I place saw one, one I, I years at one year after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Well, they're, okay. they're using old Star Destroyers, storm, regular Stormtroopers, X regular. I mean, the stuff we're all used to seeing because it's only a year afterward. And okay. If that's, crashing, yeah. crashing and burning. If that's true, then I'm an idiot. But I, I was gonna say, you know, the biggest reason that people say it's not Tatooine is that we've seen the sunset and there's one sun. Yeah. But I would suggest to you that Starkiller Base is a Death Star, but it destroys stars and suns, and that. Um, that's that's, that's kind of what, what I was imagining. That's what <laughs> Jakku. That's why Jakku kind of looks like it does. Like everything's destroyed because the effects of, of destroying one of its sons. Um, and perhaps that's a reason why families are separated. But like you're saying, if that's true, because I've seen the battlefront footage, I didn't realize that there was any continuity there, but you might be right. I think if there's a battle of Jakku a year after Return of the Jedi, then I'm wrong. And I, I wouldn't mind being wrong. I think to keep that, to make that a surprise is kind of stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I yeah. don't, you know, it's kind of the whole, like, did you see Spectre? Uh, no, I didn't get to see Spectre. Eh. 
Well, and, and I might have just spoiled. I read review. I read reviews of it though. The yeah, reviews I just, were, I think, kind of spoilery. I think it's just funny that we live in a world where like characters are spoilers within themselves, like just or or like planets. You know what I mean? Like reveals of something. Kind of like the Star Trek Into yes, Darkness absolutely. that John Harrison yeah. was con. Yep, 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 yep. That, that, that exactly. <laughs> and I don't want that to really happen in Star Wars. But that's JJ bold, said it wasn't con. <laughs> Bold-ass prediction, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about positives. What are you most excited about? What's What are you most excited about for next I, Thursday? I'm Besides ex- the fact that... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm excited about the music. I can't wait to hear John yep. Williams' whatever new song. I'm sure there's some several iconic pieces in there. I'm I'm gonna be total fanboy and like he can do no wrong, and I'm gonna have my musical world change when I walk out of that theater right. for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to you know whatever the first scenes are for Luke, for Han and Leia and Luke because it's gonna be emotional seeing them again, you know, in the flesh instead of just on the pages of a book or in a comic book. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to you know an actual you know space battle or something if there's any of that happening. This mm-hmm. you know, it's always cool to see you know with modern technology kind of how you know the star destroyers and all the new ships are going to work out. Yeah. Uh, and if Luke shows up for more than just a ten second cameo, like some people like to perpetuate as a rumor, I'd like to see you know him in action. Like I want to see this guy pull out the lights, the green lightsaber we all know. Dude, I would go and crazy. Go to town. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a duel with anybody. It can be him taking down stormtroopers or pirates or whatever gungans that come out of the closet. He can take on Snoke for him, all himself for all I care. But I just want to see him, you know, in his doing something with the Force that shows you know he's the Jedi Master now. Yeah. That all those years weren't wasted entirely. You know, this guy is clearly, you know, he's got the potential Anakin had, but he's not squandering it like Anakin did by becoming Darth Vader. He is, you know, the chosen one's son. And the balance. He is. He is the balance. I don't know. Yeah, I, I want to see him. Yeah, dude. We talk about what I'm most excited for. Honestly, the music is like almost number one. I can't wait to listen to the music. Did you um, see how uh, Amazon France leaked the track listing for? Yeah, and I have not looked at it. Have you? It's not. It's not like Episode One where you have where it a says Qui-Gon's, Qui-Gon's funeral. <laughs> There's no. I mean, I couldn't. Like, I I made the sure to check that. Like, what the article said before I actually read the soundtrack listing because they said it's just no. It's not spoilerific. I mean, there's a few kind of enigmatic titles. Um, yeah. Like, was one called the Rathars with an exclamation point? No idea what they are. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen them. I don't know what what role they play, but it's, that's what it's called, the Rathars. Um, but uh, I mean, I hope it hasn't spoiled you, but. No, I mean, it's I just, yeah, it looks like it sounds like Reptar. Um, yeah, and there's one there's one piece at the very end called the Jedi Steps, but you know that get, that piques my interest for sure. Like, why that's the only piece in the whole soundtrack that you know mentions Jedi or anything? Because there's you know there's a Han and I mean for the emotional part of me, I saw one called Han and Leia, and that guy, oh god, it's gonna that's gonna bring me to tears. I'm oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. To think about them and their romance and all they've been through. Right. I, I'll and say. Um, yeah, I can't, I just can't wait for the music. I, the, what I'm most excited for really is I can't wait, dude. I, I think more than anything that might make me cry in this movie is sitting in a theater and seeing those damn letters come on the screen and that stupid, crazy, awesome music and, yeah, then, hearing a, and then hearing a theater full of people cheer. I will probably lose it. Like, yeah. I just didn't ever think we would see this again, man. I really, I, I mean, never I wrote did. it off. Like, I thought this is something that in an alternate universe would happen, but it's not. It's, I mean, Lucas said so many times the story is done. 
Like, like I, I might have thought that this was going to happen, but not with Luke Skywalker in it. I never thought that Mark Hamill would be Luke Skywalker again. And de- definitely seeing those like those blue words at the beginning to say a long time ago. Dude. It's going to take it's going to take me, but not because it's just Star Wars. That's my childhood. I remember, you know, being in the theater, seeing the other films and that opening up the films. And I knew something was special was about to happen. Dude, I'm going to feel that way again when I see it. I'm just, I'm just going to lose it probably. Yeah. Can't wait. What are you most worried about? I know we talked a little bit about it, but what's the one thing you're worried about? Like, what what would what what are you worried about? Aside from them completely turning Luke into just like this, you know, pastiche of uh, Jeff Bridges from Tron Legacy. Yeah. Besides that, well, if that's what you're most worried about, yeah, I, I'd say I was. I'm pretty worried about that because I feel like he's the thing. Not because just because it's Luke, because they've gone out of their way so much to hide him. They're making such a big deal about hiding him. People have made a big deal about it, and. People have come out and said there's a good reason. JJ says you're gonna be you'll be so pleased when you finally you know see him. I'm saving it for them. He, everyone's acting both you know in the media, amongst the fans and the people working this film that there's some great reason you know to keep right. him hit. And I feel like I, if it's not as great as they say, it's gonna be a huge letdown. Yeah, and I'll be really pissed, especially if it's just a little cameo at the end, or he just doesn't do anything but just you know he says like, well I. I had to stop training Jedi because of reasons. Hey, let's get on with the story here. <laughs> you know, um, but aside from Luke and all the stuff surrounding him, I guess I guess my biggest concern would be like if I don't know if stylistically the film doesn't feel like Star Wars. Like I'm I'm watching the beats and I'm hearing the music and I'm like, yeah, this is Star Wars, but maybe like on the screen it doesn't quite look like that way. And yeah. maybe it's too maybe it's too shiny, mm-hmm. or I guess or maybe that. I've gotten too old finally. I mean, I'm 27, and I realized that's also the age a lot of guys that went into watching the prequels were, you know, after seeing the original three as kids yeah, yeah, or as yeah. early teens. So I hope, like, maybe something's changed in my brain that I'm going to walk out of there with just being, or I'm going to see the film, and I won't be able to take off, take, I won't be able to turn off the critical portion of my brain or whatever it is that as an adult makes us not really, you know, appreciate the things of our childhood anymore. I'm just going to, you know, come out saying, like, oh, yeah. This film, eh, the prequels were much better. This is garbage, you know. This is J.J. <laughs> Abrams raped my childhood. So you're worried that it's gonna suck. I mean, but but that's well, a whole. Other I, I kind of worry that my perception of it is gonna. Yeah, you know, okay, I can understand skew. that. I don't think it. Honestly, that, that's that's kind of nitpicky kind of worry of mine. But mm-hmm. I don't think it will be. I'm, I'm after the, the fact. I've been following Star Wars for this long. I mean, the majority of my life now has been following Star Wars, and I haven't gotten sick of it yet. That I don't think he'd have to do some pretty offensive things, like you know, someone just snipes Chewie in the chest from afar, and that's it, right. or you know, something something ridiculous. You have to be like really character breaking moments, like yeah. Han Solo says, "I never loved her," like, right. <laughs> like really, yeah, right, right. You'd be like, "Oh, come on," yeah, or something I, really super cheesy, like I, Admiral I, Akbar comes and says, "It's a trap again," <laughs> <laughs> like you know, too much winky winky fan service, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Come on. I hope not. Um, can I tell you my my? I have a very very specific worry. Yes. That there will be no episode seven in the opening crawl. Oh, that's a good one. And, yeah. And I'll tell you why that will work. That the reason that it worries me is because that is right away gonna if that happens, and I think there's maybe a good chance that that happens. I will. It'll kind of take me out of it for a second to begin the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's very that's very jarring. It would be very jarring and it would and it would make me r- right away question what are we watching, you know? 
Yeah. Because it to, if there is no episode seven in the in the crawl and then eventually in the official because we haven't seen it you will not see episode seven on a on a poster right now I've never seen it hasn't been published as episode seven yeah they've been very I mean I bet I felt that was part of their like anti prequel or like their anti prequel yes, yes. Yeah. I I agree part of being the, the prequels were like episodes one two and three but this but, is right the Force Awakens but if I see no episode seven in the opening crawl immediately I'm gonna be like oh this so this doesn't really continue the story you know what i mean like i will feel that way now i'm, I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt throughout the whole movie but it's gonna be weird to see right away like that's a first instant thing that i might see yeah like, that, that, that now that you bring it up now i'm worried i'm like oh shoot what if i mean he that's, a, that, that's look that, that's a nitpicking thing too but i'm just you know i'm curious as to what that would mean if it happened yeah um but we'll see we'll see Overall, I don't, I don't, some, I don't like, think people would let that slide though. After the fact, like, well, what happened here? Is it not part of the saga? Right, right. right. Even Kathleen Kennedy said these are saw their saga films, and then there's the story films. Right, you, right, I right. feel like the story films they can do whatever the hell they want, but if they're still going with the saga, they got to stick with some conventions here. Right. Well, let's wrap things up here. I, I I've had a great time talking with you about uh, all the Star Wars movies in our previous podcast, and then just kind of dipping into our thoughts on uh, The Force Awakens as we come into the final week here, dude. I, again, I can't... I am so goddamn excited. I don't even know what to do about it. Like, Excited is understatement. Because, look, we, we, we sit here and we talk about what might suck because it's fun to do that. And it's a little more, you know, it's easier to talk about what might suck. But, man, I, I will say, this is not a bold-ass prediction. I think this movie is going to be awesome. And I think... I'm going to see it four times in theaters, and each time I'm going to cry. I think, <laughs> I think that's going to happen for sure. And if it does, I don't know what... I, my whole life will kind of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. JJ will be my favorite person in the world if that's what happens. So I'm, yeah, I'm hoping he, for he, that, and I think it's going to happen. will shoot up incredibly in my book of you know esteemed directors yeah, of film. Yeah, right, right. So um, that being said, we'll be back... It, you know, it might be two weeks. I don't know. We'll see. We have the holidays coming up too. But I want to get back with Alexander and maybe uh, Andrew, Age, Drew out there, who uh, couldn't couldn't join us for sickness, and uh, he's also studying and, and doing finals and stuff. So hopefully we can get together again after the movie and see, you know, how well our predictions were and what we thought of it and all that stuff, and we'll, we can cry together. Um, <laughs> so until next time. Alexander, enjoy the film. I and, will. Uh, you we too. Will, we will. Uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm smiling talking about the fact that we will be able to sit here and talk about the next installment in the Star Wars saga. Uh, for Alexander, I am Kale for WoodwardsDetroit.com. Uh, we will see you uh, after The Force Awakens is released. Thank you, Kale. Thank you. been a woodwardsdetroit.com production your detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk 